Hi, this is Joe Kwan, the Connection Counselor. Welcome to Executives on Executive Presence, a bonus episode of Executive Presence Morsels, the only daily podcast that shares bite-sized insights to help you generate more executive presence. Each episode will feature a new executive who will share a story about when executive presence made a difference and offer their unique perspective on how to get more of it. Unlike our normal episodes, these can run longer than our typical five to 10 minutes, but they are still focused on giving you the maximum benefit in the minimum amount of time. Thanks for joining us. Today on Executives on Executive Presence, we have Jason Greer, CEO, employee and labor relations expert, and best-selling author. Welcome, Jason. Joe, how are you, buddy? It's great to be here. I'm so excited to have you on here. I know we have a lot of folks in common, like Sarah Elkins and John White, and Absolutely. Um, it's, it's just great for us to connect in this way. This is great, man. I'm so looking forward to it. I've been looking forward to this all day, so let's awesome. do this. Awesome. All right, so we're jumping right into it. Um, tell us a story about executive presence or lack thereof where it made all the difference. It could be personal. It could be about someone else. Um, share, share with us, take us through that. Yeah, not a problem. So I'll share a quick story about a woman who I call my matriarch because she really was my first client, um, Brenda Bacon. She's the uh, chief executive officer for Brandywine Senior Living, which is based in New Jersey. Uh, Brenda has been the CEO of Brandywine, I want to say maybe 20 to 30 years, and just has this uncanny ability to walk into a room to command the presence of the room while also having that empathic streak that allows her to get in with anybody that she's dealing with. I've seen Brenda sit there with you know, executives from private equity companies and charm them, wow them with her intelligence, as well as her ability to present her company, all the way to watching her walk through one of her senior, you know, senior care facilities and having a conversation with the dishwasher, making him feel as though he's the most important person in the world. So that to me is sort of my example of what executive presence looks like. Wow, I love that example. And it's interesting that you um, brought her up. I had a conversation earlier today with someone mm -hmm. who is a female professional, was having challenges with executive presence. And you know, some of that may have been stemming from the fact that she is a woman and, and people see a woman and they treat her in a certain way based on her, her gender or her appearance versus she has colleagues who are men who uh, could say or do the same exact thing and are treated differently. So I'm curious, what are some of the things about Brenda that you've noticed that really enable her to really command the room and, and, and have that presence um, just, you know, with no matter who the audience is? Brenda owns it. And when I say Brenda owns it, she legitimately doesn't care what you think about her, right? So <laughs> uh, she, Brenda it has a warden MBA. Uh, she has, you know, 40, 50 years of executive leadership experience, but also she's a woman who marched in this, you know, who can remember uh, examples of watching her brother get beaten up during civil rights demonstration. Now, uh, Brenda's African-American. Uh, uh, Brenda is sort of that, that double minority that people often discount at the executive ranks. She's African-American and she's a woman. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that Brenda taught me, and it's why, and i I'm going to say something. It might be controversial, but I'm going to borrow Brenda here. I don't care what people think. Some of the best leaders that I've met are women because Brenda, 
Brenda has this attitude that she's so good and she shows up so positively that people can't deny her. Oh, right? I love that. I mean, I mean, think about this. So, you know, as an African-American man, I know what it's like walking into boardrooms where I'm the only, I'm right. the only African-American, I'm the only African-American man, I'm the only yeah. whatever the case might be. Yeah. And I know how it feels, especially early in my career where I was so concerned about what do these people think about? So I wanted to make sure that my English was perfect. I wanted to make sure that I let them know how many degrees I had. All of these, you know, attributes that I thought were so important. And I noticed something in the room that I was the only one trying to prove that I belonged. Yes. Right. Yes. Yes. And then you get to a point, look, I've been in this game for 16 years. Yeah. Um, I founded Greer Consulting Inc. in 2005 with $100 in my pocket. Wow. And I was just hoping to have one to two clients a year just so I could hit mortgage, <laughs> my car note, right? Make sure, sure the sure. babies are fed. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, fast forward to 2021, my company is in the top 5% of employee and labor relations consultants in the country. Yes. Right. But that gets back to that whole executive presence idea that Brenda put in me that I want to be so good that people can't deny me. Yeah. So when I think about what you shared in terms of um, the female executive who's really struggling, there are so many landmines that exist for people of color, for yep. people, basically anybody who can be described as being different. There are yes. so many landmines to navigate. But if I could talk to her, what I would mm -hmm. say to her, what I would say to anybody who is sort of going through these conflicts of confidence mm -hmm. and the internal battle of do I belong, especially when the external battle suggests that I don't. Mm -hmm. You have to decide how bad you want this. And if you want this bad enough, I don't care how many times they deny you, you only have to get it right once. Yeah. You only have to get it right once. Yeah. But in order to get it right once means you have to keep showing up. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. I love it. I love it. The mindset shift, the, the, the presence. And what you're saying really goes along with the way I think about executive presence. It's not what you say or do. There's something about the way you enter the room, the way you exist in it which, yes. you know, if done in the right way and enough is, is to use your words, you know, undeniable, people cannot uh, deny you. So why don't exactly. we proceed to executive presence at bat? So I'm going to ask four quick kind of quick hitting questions and we'd love Absolutely. to get your perspective. Thanks, Jason. Let's, let's rock. So the first question, let's call it the single, what does executive presence mean to you? Executive presence means that internal confidence that says I'm here. Right. And when I say I'm here, that means that when I walk through that room and I'm going to use myself as an example, because it's something I've worked really hard at. When I walk through the room, I don't care that I'm 6'3", 270 pounds. I'm a big presence. The presence that I want you to feel is that I know what I'm doing. Mm. Right. Because I lead with intelligence, but that's followed very strongly by empathy, because I want to understand what the people around me are feeling, thinking, seeing, and more importantly, what they need. Yeah, absolutely. And and I love what you said there because the presence is not just about being recognized as existing. It's about what are you going to do now that we recognize you're here and, and you're talking about leading results. Like that's what people need to sense. Not that, hey, there's someone in the room. Like, like that only gets you so far. Exactly. Exactly. And especially these days, everybody is about making their own brand, right? That's, mm -hmm. that's you know, that's sort of the thing that's out there is the brand this, the brand this, the brand this. 
Well, beyond what you put out there, people want to know that you have substance, right? But also underneath that is if you have substance, I also want to understand how you make me feel because people can hear a, a, a thousand words a minute, but the thing that they're going to remember is how I felt when I was in your presence. Absolutely. Great. Thanks, Jason. Let's proceed to our double. Uh, what could go wrong when a leader doesn't have executive presence? Everything. I, I legitimately have a business, <laughs> right? <laughs> Joe, Joe, my brother, I literally have a business because there are leaders out there who did not have the executive presence they needed. Not to say that they don't have it, but within the given situations that blew up in their faces, um, that's where my company comes in. Whether wow. we're dealing with you know, a, an employee base that's unionized, non-union, whether we're dealing with managers who have been hitting a thousand up until the last quarter, right? And then all of a sudden everything goes wrong. What we do is we come to situations where we put everything back together. But when, look, I don't want anybody to think that executive presence means that a leader is going to get it right every single time, right? Right. But the leaders that I've seen that are really impactful are the leaders who, when they get it wrong, they stand up and they say, we got this wrong. Now let's take the time to get it right, to pick up the pieces, figure out what we did wrong, to be accountable to one another, to be accountable to our stakeholders, to be accountable to our, to our customers, and let's get this right. Yeah, I, I love what you said there. And if I could just put an additional point on it mm-hmm. um, that I was thinking as you were just sharing that, like, what is the reason why that's important. And in my mind, the reason is because I now I trust you. Like exactly. if you're the type of person who messes up and you're like, oh, it's someone else's fault or that didn't right. really happen, Jason. Are you sure that? I'm not going to follow you anywhere at this point. Nowhere. Because <laughs> I don't trust you. Yeah. And, and here, here's the thing. I think, you know, if I can add something to the uh, first question that you asked me. Sure, sure. Is, or, or the single, I like how you do that single double triple home run, right? I love it. Is that oftentimes executive presence means being vulnerable. Yeah. Uh, one of the best pictures. So I'm lo- one of the things that I love about, um, you know, our various presidents is sort of the behind the scenes photos that will come out during their tenure and after they're, they're out of, out of office. And I'll never forget president, this picture of president Obama sitting, listening, you know, attentively mm-hmm. to all the people that were around the table. And I mm-hmm. later found out when I found uh, some more context to the picture, to the caption, it was President Obama's idea toward leadership is I want to hear the perspectives of everybody seated at the table. Mm. I don't care how senior they are. I don't care how junior they are. I want to hear what they have to say because everybody has an idea and that might be the idea that we need. Ultimately, as the leader, he's going to make the decision just as leaders do that either is going to be right for the company, right for the organization or wrong for the organization. But the buck is going to fall based on their decision but a good effective leader listens to the people that are around him or her. Absolutely. Excellent. Excellent. So um, let's proceed to the triple. So this is a big one. Triples are good. Let's rock. Uh, what's one tip you could share about how to improve executive presence right now? Be honest. Be honest with yourself about what you're good at and what you're not good at, Right. Um, I come from the perspective that I want to know my strengths, but I also want to understand my weaknesses. Because if I understand my strengths, then I can play to those strengths. And if I also understand my weaknesses, then if I can't develop in those areas, 
I can find people that will help to offset my weaknesses in those areas. So I think one of the biggest things for executive presence is just being honest and being vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, let me just say that those are not qualities that necessarily come easily or often to to a lot of us. Right. You know that 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 honesty to really face that thing that you're not good at, or maybe the thing that you're good at that you don't want to be good at. Uh, and also vulnerability. I mean, because, you know, it, it's part of the definition or the root of vulnerability. You know, it comes from vulnerable, which means to wound. So when you're mm-hmm. vulnerable, you are necessarily opening yourself up to the possibility of being wounded. There's no such thing as vulnerability while you're protected. It, it doesn't work that way. <laughs> it doesn't work that way because everything about us is geared toward being safe. Yeah. Right? And if I'm vulnerable, to your point, that means I might get hurt. But also, like I use the example of Brenda. I met, by the time I met Brenda Bacon, this was 2000, 2006, 2007. So she had been running her company, let's say 15, 20 years at that point. Mm-hmm. She had to have made so many mistakes over the course of her tenure to get her to the point where she was that effective, mm. right? But the difference between Brenda as a leader and so many other leaders that I've seen is that Brenda fails fast. And when I say she fails fast, she'll get it wrong but then she'll get back up and try to fix it. Yeah. Right. But you yeah. can't fix something until you acknowledge that something's wrong. <laughs> and, right. Right. And, and Joe, Joe, sometimes that's something that's wrong is you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But there's no shame in admitting that, you yeah. know, we have, we have such a, you know, we have such a strong corporate identity that's centered around always projecting strength yeah. without recognizing that sometimes projecting strength means I don't know what to do here. Yeah. But I know that as a team, we're going to get there. Yeah. Right. But that takes vulnerability and vulnerability, unfortunately, is not something that's often studied when people are getting their MBAs. It's not something that's studied in executive MBA courses. But from my perspective, in terms of what I've seen as a consultant, the most vulnerable leaders are some of the most powerful leaders because people trust them. Do you remember what you just said earlier? That Mm -hmm. if you're not willing to admit that you got it wrong, Mm -hmm right? Or you're willing to delegate the issue to somebody else, but not take accountability for yourself, then I don't trust you. Yeah. But I'll trust the leader who admits that he or she got it wrong. Just as I'll trust the leader who says, we got this wrong today, but we'll get this right tomorrow. That to me is executive presence. It's executive leadership because they're leading from the heart and they're leading from a place of honesty and vulnerability. Yeah. Absolutely. Fantastic. So much of this stuff resonates uh, with me, Jason. So thank you so much for sharing that with our audience. Hey, thanks, Joe. All right. Well, let's go to our home run. Uh, It's been fantastic getting a perspective of an executive like yourself. How can our listeners connect with you or find out more about you? Great. You can find me on LinkedIn. Um, It's Jason Decker. And, you know, I think it's Jason Decker. The LinkedIn codes are so long, right? I'll share it. I, please do so. You can find me on Instagram. I'm Jason Decker. Um, but you can also um, hit my website. It's uh, hiregci.com. You can learn more about what we do and a ton of articles. Joe, I've had a fantastic ride. So please interact with me, ask questions. Let's just, just find me. We'll get it, we'll get it going. Thank you. Well, thank you, Jason. It's been a real pleasure. Um, Let me just say, uh, I can see in your work, you have a very calming, 
kind of influence. Uh, I feel like you're going to take care of things. That's good. You know, <laughs> I can't tell that you're six, whatever, because you're on a screen, you know, you look regular size to me, but even without that, um, I can definitely uh, uh, intuit that your presence has certainly helped in your career and accomplish all the things that you have. So thank, thank you, you, Jason, for being our guest on Executives on Executive Presence, a bonus episode of Executive Presence Morsels. You're awesome, Joe. I appreciate you, buddy. Thank you for joining us for this bonus episode of Executive Presence Morsels, brought to you by our sponsors. Tune in next time for your daily dose of Executive Presence. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. Thanks for listening. Can't wait to share the rest of the episode with you. Join us next time for another tasty Executive Presence Morsel.